The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome to Coming Last of the Sports Talk Radio Show, VoiceAmerica.com. Alex Clancy in studio today. Monday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. It's starting to get hot here. Hot, hot. Uh, broke 100 over the weekend. Stayed inside for the majority of the time, as you do when summer hits in Arizona. 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner. Follow Kwame, at Kwame Lasseter. Like our Facebook page. Download the Voice America radio app. Really easy to stream all the shows you want to listen to. All of the archives are on there as well from past shows. Really easy, user-friendly app, so download it on your smartphone. Lots to talk about today. NBA heavy once again. We are full swing into the NBA playoffs. The first round is completed. Maybe, if probably, the best first round of the NBA playoffs ever, in my opinion. Watched a lot of basketball over my 30 years on this planet, and I would say that this one is probably the best. Out of 56 possible games played, 50 of them were played. Besides the, besides the uh, Bobcats being swept by Miami and Chicago beating uh, uh, the Wizards beating Chicago 4-1, all the other games were either six or seven games. So uh, a lot has happened over the weekend. Damian Lillard, out of his mind. Spurs blow out the Mavericks in Game 7. And there was kind of a questionable call or no call at the end of the Brooklyn Nets Raptors series, which kind of dashed the Raptors' dreams uh, from you know, from moving on in the playoffs. We have Kwame on the line. Kwame, what did you take out of this weekend of basketball above everything else? I thought uh, I thought everything played out um, how I expected outside of the um, Los Angeles Clippers uh, saga. I thought the uh, San Antonio Spurs will come out of that series with Dallas Mavericks. Um, it's too early right now for me to even get into the powers that be or the calls that were made in some of these games, but I thought San Antonio would come out of that, that series. Uh, we looked at the um, the Portland the, the Portland and the Houston Rockets. Um, I thought Portland would just have the momentum from start to finish, from game one uh, to they, they took Portland out. I mean, Houston Rockets out out of this uh, playoffs. Um, again, a lot of questionable things that went on, but I like where we are and what we're about to witness. If that first round was an indication of what's to come, then this this Portland-San Antonio game or this, this Houston, I mean, Oklahoma City Thunder uh, Clippers, when all these four, these four teams come out to play, we should see some good games coming out of the West. Yeah. Um, we also see some good games with the New York Nets, uh, Brooklyn Nets, I'm sorry, and the uh, Miami Heat. That's going to be good. 
even though they've been swept during the regular season, you're talking about a well-rested Miami Heat basketball unit with LeBron James on it. You're talking about a different scenario. We're talking about the playoffs now. You're talking about will the Brooklyn Nets be have enough energy to get over the seven-game series against the Toronto Toronto um, what's the Toronto the Raptors? Can, can Raptors. They get over the series, overcome that stressful situation, the long series they had uh, with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, and then they're looking over to the other side of things and watch the Wizards, Washington Wizards, who I believe is going to. They are not the Atlanta Hawks, but I believe the Washington Wizards will take care in six games the Indiana Pacers. And that's that's bold. I mean, I I think that, and I talked about this a little bit on Friday. If Indiana comes out of the series against Atlanta, nobody's going to remember it, and it's going to be the best thing that possibly could happen to the Pacers franchise as a whole because they faced adversity. Everybody wrote them off when they were down 3-1, and they came back and took care of business. Paul George had 30 points and over 10 boards in Game 7, and he showed that he is still somebody to, to be feared in this league, and he'd been kind of forgotten recently. With Washington, their backcourt is so fast, and they actually have a traditional, a traditional lineup. They have a point guard, they have a shooting guard, they have a stretch three, they have a power forward, and they have a center. And in this day and age in basketball, there's so much fusion between between positions and scoring point guards and centers that only play defense and things in that regard, everybody on that in that starting five for the Wizards have have averaged over ten points in this series, and Roy Hibbert's only averaging he's averaging five point five point three points per game, so he's going to need to do something more than he did against Atlanta because Washington's too good of a team to skate by without having your center uh, execute offensively, and it's. That could be a problem for Indiana if he doesn't. But I think that with David West and with Luis Scola and Jan Mahimi, they can do it by association if Roy Hibber can't. And I just don't know. I'm going to pick Indiana, and, and I, I picked Indiana and Miami. I know it's a scratch pick, but I picked them to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's, a, it's the best thing for, uh, for Miami that Brooklyn did sweep them because that's, that's your blackboard material right there. That's your grease board material right there. All, all Eric Spolster has to do is put 0-4 on the board, and then that's pretty much it. And I think Miami yeah, will take care of business. I like that, I, I like that pick early in the year, uh, beginning of the season, all the way up to midseason of the regular uh, NBA regular season. The Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat. It's kind of you waiting for a good movie to come out, and then um, you go to see it, and it's not what you thought it would be. I don't think the Indiana Pacers... Maybe they'll rejuvenate themselves. Maybe they'll come, uh, come to life and get on that roll that, that they were on when they were the best team in uh, basketball this year. Maybe they'll get back on that type of roll, and then we can look forward to a Miami Heat-Indiana Pacers game. But I think the Washington Wizards has a lot to say about this. I think the starting five for the Washington Wizards, they distributed well. Not the ball pretty good. Not only that, they know who their superstar is, and they still, all five of those guys, average 10 points or more. They still going to play defense. They still got that run and shoot with some defense behind it. But when it comes to the bench, they don't have a bench that's, in my opinion, is serviceable enough if it comes down to bench play, foul trouble. I think the Indiana Pacers will have the strength uh, in that regard uh, when, when the game comes down to it and how the game outlook looks end up. So let's let, let's jump back a little bit. Let's talk a little bit over this weekend what what has transpired since we've last been on the air. 
Mavericks win game six. It was a close game. A questionable call at the end of the game when the Spurs had six players on the court. It ended up not mattering because the Spurs got out. He jumped out to a 12-point lead after one and never looked back. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Let's talk about Portland Trailblazers and Houston Rockets here. Damian Lillard, for those of you that didn't see, Houston was down. It was a tie game. There was a uh, scrum for the ball under Houston's basket. Chandler Parsons ha- happens to get the ball in his hands, lays the ball with .9 seconds left. So many things could have been drawn up for the Trailblazers as a team. LaMarcus Aldridge is very clutch. Damian Lillard is very clutch. Wesley Matthews and Mo Williams have both hit big shots in their career. So instilling the trust in your second-year point guard, the head coaching staff I'm talking about, to come off a double screen, he got some space and rose up and knocked down the biggest shot in his career that allowed the Trailblazers to walk off with a win and win the series. What did you think about that game, and what did you think about how they're going to go further in the playoffs, and now having to play San Antonio, what do you think that they need to do in an effort to win that series? Uh, what I think about that game, Portland and Houston Rock game, uh, with Damon Lillard hitting that that uh, that big three, a lot of things. One was the plan was coming out of coming out of, coming out of the timeout. The plan was not to let them shoot threes. So watch. So the Houston Rockets failed in that regard, not to let them shoot threes. You come out of a, a, a huddle with your teammates, then execute the plan. Literally came around. And I, and I mentioned this uh, a minute ago. With the momentum they had in this whole series, I thought anybody could have hit that shot and it probably would have went in. But that second-year point guard, Damian Lillard, was probably the best option. Still had one more game uh, if, it didn't, if it failed. But I thought it was the best option. He came off the pick and he had a clean shot. Uh, I thought also defensively, the Houston Rockets didn't even rotate. They just stuck on. They just stood on one man. That was a man-to-man coming out of timeout, which I thought was impossible. You have to be able to rotate uh, when you got a guy that free. Uh, but I thought that was the best guy, the best option, and because of the momentum, anyone could have shot there. But the best option was Damian Lillard because we talked so much about him and, and how he's more mature than a second-year player coming from a, a smaller school, which I hop on. If you can play, you can play. They're going to find you. Right, no. He hit that huge shot. Probably the huge shot in his career. So what do you think going into San Antonio? Because San Antonio is a very malleable team. They can, And I've talked about this before. The Greg Popovich can move guys around, can change schemes for specific games for specific teams so if they have to run and gun they can run and gun and if they have to play half court offense they play half court offense what do you think portland needs to do to knock off san antonio in a seven game series i think portland needs to stay portland because san antonio spurs they they play good defense down the stretch uh you mentioned the hall of fame uh head coach popovich you mentioned those uh ginobili uh you mentioned that Tim Duncan. These guys are still serviceable guys, and this is how you. This is why they are where they are, and we're still talking about a team that doesn't give any media hype. Uh, we talk about a team during the regular season in San Antonio Spurs, and wonder, wow, they have the best record in in NBA, or oh, they still here, a number one seed. They still that team. Um, I think this Portland Trailblazers needs to come out and play, with, do exactly what they did, grab that momentum. Still, still a home court. 
um, and play that ball, get it down to LaMarcus Aldridge and see what that happens, see what come, becomes of that uh, early in a basketball game. And then you go to the plan B, which if I could call Damon Lillard a plan B, you go to him. But I think you work that inside first and see what kind of foul trouble you can get those guys in. Because then you got a bench, now you got to play with the bench. And I think bench-wise, they are equally uh, matched. Uh, you can bring some guys up there who, who's very serviceable and buying these starters some time or keeping the lead or, or, sustain, or sustaining the lead or getting the lead. Absolutely. We I think take... Portland Trailblazers, it would, be, it would do them well to come out and play and be who they are and change nothing of, of sort out of that first series with the Houston Rockets. I, I, I concur, and we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame on the line. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lasseter. We have Kwame on the line. We've been talking NBA heavy today as we will continue to do so throughout the NBA playoffs. Let's talk about another Game 7 on Saturday night, Oklahoma City and Memphis. Oklahoma City wins 120-109. This was never really uh, in doubt after Memphis had a double-digit lead in the first half and uh, squandered it and and Oklahoma City kind of took off. One of the underlying stories in this one was Zach Randolph being suspended for an idiotic move in Game 6, punching another player, and in the biggest game of the season thus far, arguably your best player is not on the court. And Oklahoma City took care of business. 
Zach Randolph is a double-double machine. He's a great offensive rebounder. And I said Friday that for Memphis to win this game, they had to rebound the ball offensively, efficiently, and a lot. And without him on the court, it's pretty difficult to do so. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 16 shots. It's funny how things happen when he takes half of the amount of shots that he normally takes. Kevin Durant, 12 of 18. When Russell Westbrook doesn't take a lot of shots, the offense flows more effectively. It's more fluent of offense. Everybody gets involved. And you could see that Russell Westbrook had 27, 16 assists, and 10 boards. These are really good numbers, and he can get these numbers more if he takes less shots. And Kwame, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Do you think that this is a mold that they're going to use moving forward with the Clippers? Do you think this was just kind of a premonition that Russell Westbrook didn't take a lot of shots like he normally does? I think Russell Westbrook, the superstar he is, uh, the ego he has, the pride he has, I just think he can't put it aside to understand that the best shooter, the lead, and lead leading uh, in points, and Kevin Durant, I think he can't put aside that this is Kevin Durant's team, not taking anything away from him. And, and what I mean by Kevin Durant's team, let the first option go through Kevin. If you if you shoot him 16 uh, times a game, I'm fine with that. Uh, uh, we often talk about he should be moved to the number one. Him moving to the number one just means nobody else is going to get the ball. He's just going to take it from the beginning, the end of the court to the other end and shoot it. I think he played well. Uh, he was somewhat under control in that game. But I think everything went through uh, Kevin Durant. The reason, a huge reason why they won this game, because of the idiotic move of uh, Randolph. I just don't know at what point do you lose your cool in a situation in the game of that magnitude when you have an opportunity to finish a team off and you lose your, and you lose your mind. Like it's not going to be reviewable, and you and you do you do this service to your team, and they end up out of the playoffs. Uh, the question is about Westbrook. Yeah, if he could stay within that sixteen, you know, shooting the ball at least sixteen times, be more distributory as far as getting the ball around. I think the the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder's come out of this series. So let's talk about that now. We have four series that are set: Indiana. Washington and Miami and Brooklyn in the east, Oklahoma City Clippers and San Antonio Portland in the west. I mean, overall, I guess you could say, well, the west is going to be very exciting because all year with the west has been a better conference. There are better players, better teams, top to bottom. In the east, you have more storylines. Indiana is trying to break through the break through the uh, the brick wall that's in front of them. That's the Miami Heat for the past two years. They got home court advantage. Now they have zero excuse. Well, if we had home court advantage, we would have taken care of business game seven. It proved positive, proved correct in in the first round because they beat Atlanta at home. They play a a very exciting Washington team who nobody expected to get out of the first round. Nobody. None of the analysts expected them to get out of the first round. And they they really have nothing to lose at this point. Indiana has everything to lose. So that's a great storyline there. Miami and Brooklyn, you have two guys that... Combined, probably hate LeBron and Miami more than anybody else. I guess you could couple Ray Allen with that because uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett feel that Ray Allen betrayed them by going to Miami, even though he just hit one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history last year to win the to extend it to Game 7 for them to win the championship. What do you think out of those two? 
Do you think Miami is is already like, well, if we lose, we lose, and that's what it is? And what I mean by that is, do you think that Indiana has everything to lose and Miami has nothing to lose because they've already supplanted themselves? Or do you think that, you know, that, that Brooklyn and Miami will be the more exciting series just because of the storylines from what's happened in, in past years? Well, if you're looking at the Indiana Pacers, you can see they're getting some type of their swag about back. You walk, you watch this game, um, this, actually, you watch the final two games of the playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks, and these guys are, they're moving around a lot more. They're jumping a lot more. Um, and they're looking like the Indiana team that we thought was going to be the end of the regular season and going into this playoff game with the Atlanta Hawks. They're starting to look better. So I don't know if this is the the Indiana Pacers time where they start becoming that team we thought they were or we knew they were, or the team that they showed during the regular season. I still believe that Washington Wizards have – a starting five, as I did for the Indiana Pacers, so let me get that out there. But this starting five that has blazing speed and talent and can shoot the ball. And the distribution is, is outstanding. You don't see any selfishness. It doesn't have to go through any one guy, but at the same time, they know who that superstar is on that team. And you never hear him saying, give me the ball, or things like that. So that makes a successful team a recipe for success when you got a team like that because they're expecting to play a full seven-game season. I'm just as a fan thinking the Washington Wizards, even with the emergency and the new attitude, the new walk that the Indiana Pacers had, or the the reemergence of the walk they had have had, I still think it's a six-game series favoring the Washington Wizards. It's one of those games to watch. It's, it's definitely that. Far as the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, Miami Heat, that is an interesting game in itself. The Brooklyn Nets swept them during the regular season. But the Brooklyn Nets didn't at a time have Dwayne Wade and I mean the Miami Heat didn't have a Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, not Chris Paul, but um, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James on the court together in all those games. And it is the playoffs now, and we are talking about the two-time defending NBA champion. We are we are talking about a team that, because of Al Jefferson's uh, absence, the Miami Heat was allowed to sweep this this team. Uh, Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah, and when so you I have you, you got a well you got a well rested Miami Heat team going into the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Nets coming there. I think the situation would be different as far as what they did during the regular season to the Heat. I think there's now the playoff mode, the playoff mentality of the Miami Heat's going to come. Not that Paul Pierce, Kevin Durant, and uh, and some of those other guys don't have that mentality. I think it's just going to favor the Miami Heat in this situation. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it's interesting that, and you say about rest, but uh, you know, Miami hasn't played in, in a while, in many days. And I read a stat somewhere that Dwayne Wade's played 10 games in the last 55 days or something like that. So he's going to be as rested as he possibly can for the playoffs, and he'll bump his minutes up. And this is when he, when he gears up and plays 35, 36 minutes a game. With Indiana, however, Washington has had a nice little break, and Indiana hasn't. <laughs> Indiana's played, you know, they'll have one or two days off, and then they go back, they go into the semifinals. So that, I think, is a leg up for Washington, and that you've already picked them to, to win this series in six. I think with Brooklyn, on the other hand, they haven't had any rest, and as an older team, I think that might prove detrimental, except for in game one. And we've always seen this. We've seen this with teams that have had long breaks and teams that have played a longer series in, in the first round. I do believe that Brooklyn will steal game one in Miami. 
I truly believe that because they're already in game mode. I understand these guys are professionals, but you can't practice to, to simulate a game. You can go as hard as you want in practice, but it doesn't simulate a game. And I truly believe that Brooklyn will win game one, and then Miami will you know, win in six. But it'll be interesting to see how Miami bounces back if, in fact, they do lose game one at home. No, I, I hear you, and you make a good point, because that happens. We've seen that happen a lot, even though we thought that rest would be uh, beneficial to most teams. Uh, and we're talking about the Miami Heat now. We're thinking that rest would be beneficial. But these guys got to come in game mode, and Toronto and then Brooklyn coming off that Toronto matchup, still ready to play a day later or, or two days later. But I think it would be detrimental for the Miami Heat if they lose this game because we're talking about a team. We are still talking about a team in the Brooklyn Nets who swept them during the regular season. And I know we're in playoff mode, but you don't want to go behind a team and have that mental capacity of, uh-oh, we better get it together. We just lost home court. And this is a team that has beat us, and we have to go. We, we definitely have to go back to Brooklyn and play these guys. So yeah. you don't want to get into that situation where we lose that first game. Miami's done it before. They lost the first game. They come out to win a series because of how talented they are and, and then LeBron James factor. <clears throat> but you don't want to go down on a first game, which is possible because you're right. You cannot simulate a game speed practicing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting. And again, I said that I, I think that Eastern Conference is more about storylines and not so much about gameplay because it's not as exciting as the Western Conference. And let's move over there. Western Conference, San Antonio, Portland. I, most people are going to say that the Oklahoma City Clippers get, uh, series is going to be most exciting. And with plays and flash and whatnot and high scoring, I think it will be. But with regards to actual basketball play and changing of the guard potentially and point guard play, I think San Antonio and Portland is going to be fantastic. LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Tim Duncan are very different players. Uh, at, at least right now, Tim Duncan has definitely changed his game as he's gotten older and, and kind of evolved into uh, more of a face-up guy. He's not as much of a banger as he used to be. And LaMarcus Aldridge has he's kind of been a perimeter guy, and now he has a back-to-the-basket game. So it's interesting. The age discrepancy is, is over 10 years, I believe, between these two guys. But they're both very, very solid at what they do even though they do different things. But I'm really excited about Tony Parker versus Damian Lillard. And what, what I mean by changing of the guard is these younger guys that are coming up and these older guys that are kind of fading out, quote-unquote, or, or age-wise are fading out, not in play, obviously, because San Antonio is the number one overall seed, that it'll be interesting to see the clash between young and old. New, a, new school and old school. And old school usually prevails, but I'm not sure if that's going to be the case in this series. I'm, I am picking San Antonio to make the finals, but I think Portland's going to make it very tough on them with their speed, their shooting ability, and, and just their youth. And, and, uh, and I truly believe that, that they're going to give them a run for their money and put Portland on the map to stay. Uh, do you think Damian Lillard has what it takes? Do you think LaMarcus Aldridge has what it takes? He's not going to score 45 points a game in the first two games like he did last series. So do you think that they have a chance to beat San Antonio? Absolutely, they do. We watched this. We watched this team play against who we thought was a good Houston Rockets team. Well, I'm glad I get to see Damian Lillard in his second year with the composure and and an athletic ability, the mental IQ, the basketball IQ that he has. Or watching the Lam- uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, watching these guys, you watching them guys come off the bench and, and contribute and understand why they coming off the bench. 
I'm excited to see uh, this team play throughout the playoffs, how long that may be. Maybe this series against a veteran San Antonio Spurs, and I also go back on to what would I, what would I like more uh, in a player. I can, I can tell you exactly, but when you're looking at Tim Duncan and LaMarcus Aldridge, do I like that veteran, um, that veteran leadership of, of being able to revamp his game with that veteran experience he's had of being in 153 playoff games? Or do I like a, do I like a LaMarcus Aldridge who just he's playing basketball? He don't know how good he could really be, although we've seen him hit 46 points, then 42 points in a basketball game. Also against a team we thought, against the Houston Rockets, we thought would come out of that series. I'm excited to watch this series right here uh, out of the West. And most times you, I could say that more when I watch games that play from the East, like a Miami Heat or New York Knicks or those type of games, the, the, um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets those Eastern teams, but I'm excited to see this game and watch these guys grow up. But I think to answer your question, I think they have a chance. I think they have a real good chance. Uh, but I think you look at the combativeness of uh, who's going to guard whom, you don't want, it's going to be a problem. I think the game's going to take place down low. I think you work that, that down low ability and um, it's going to be a basketball game. We're going to see a lot of uh, scuffiness going on in this game. And then it's going to come down to the Hall of Fame coach, Popovich and how he changed up and how we know him to change up things to give his team that edge. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to take a break. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about San Antonio, Portland. We'll talk Oklahoma City Clippers, and we'll talk NFL Draft. Carmel Lester Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in the studio. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. 888-346-9144. Download the Voice America radio app on your smartphone. Really easy to stream our show and all the other great shows that are on the Voice America Network. We've been talking NBA basketball. Let's move. Well, let, really quick, let's finish up on San Antonio. San Antonio now has a plethora of shooters that come off the bench. Danny Green, Patty Mills, 
Manu Ginobili, Matt Bonner even. He made an appearance when they were up uh, 25 against uh, Dallas on Sunday. He played a huge part, huge role in the finals and in the playoffs last year as a shooter. So don't sleep on him coming back in and, and maybe hitting a couple big threes in opportune times. Because that's that's just what he does. And and Greg Popovich uses his guys so well, so effectively. And if Portland wants to win this series, which again, I don't think they will. If Portland wants to win this series, they need to keep Tony Parker out of the paint. And that's going to show a lot about Damian Lillard. See if he can play defense against one of the quickest point guards in the NBA. He can finish so well around the basket. He has every move in the book. He takes his time after jump-stopping in the paint to make a myriad of moves before laying the ball in. So it'll show a lot about Damian Lillard and the interior defense of the Portland Trailblazers. See if they can keep uh, Tony Parker out of the paint. Robin Lopez is going to come into play. And that's so funny to me. Robin Lopez was known as the the lesser of the two brothers, with Brooke Lopez as, as his brother, twin coming out of Stanford. Brooke Lopez has played less than, I think, definitely less than two seasons worth of basketball since he came into the league. And now Robin Lopez is in the second round of the playoffs. He's starting for one of the top teams in the NBA and being serviceable. You know, he's effective. He's tall. He doesn't get hurt that much. So it's just interesting that drafting the Suns, drafting him in the long run, it seems to be working out for Robin Lopez, and, and bravo to him for, for sticking with it and, and not listening to any of the naysayers when they thought that only Brooke Lopez was, was the one to be coveted. So it's just interesting, and he plays well. So keep Tony Parker out of the paint, and Portland will have a chance. Let's go to Oklahoma City Clippers. What are you looking forward, toward, forward to most in this series, Kwame? Oh, we might not have Kwame anymore. All right, well, I'll stay here. Oh, there you. Oh, all right. Well, tell me what. Tell me what you think. What are you looking f- forward to most? In this Oklahoma uh, and Clippers game, yeah. I'm looking for. You remember they got in that big scuffle uh, last time they met. So I'm looking to uh, see who's going to try to play that mental edge or that mental toughness part of the game, and who can keep their composure in it. Because if you can get a guy, and when as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about Dennis Rodman, a guy who irritated everybody and, and made them. Uh, or kept them out of their game, whether that would be from a a uh, flagrant or someone getting injected because he just pestered them. I like to see in this game who keeps their composure, this Clippers game and this Oklahoma City, who keeps their composure and uh, who comes out of it um, with the mental capacity to, to finish the rest of this series, especially this first game. That's the game, that's the game I definitely want to see because that's going to set the tempo of what's to come uh, throughout the rest of that series. Uh, you made some good points with the uh, Tony Parker. If he's penetrating, because Tony Parker can shoot the inside and outside, but when he penetrates, he penetrates to shoot, but also has that mindset to know where every guy is. That's why that veteran team was played together so long. When you also get guys come off the bench, they just know where each other are. But when Tony Parker is penetrating, that makes for a dangerous. That makes for a dangerous offense that they have and what he does and how to get all the rest of those guys distributed. And all I need is, Tim Duncan to hit to fifteen points, ten rebounds. Yeah, I mean it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see in both series. I mean I want to see Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. Obviously, that's going to be a very uh, very interesting matchup. See how they play defense on each other because I always look forward to that more so than the offensive stuff because you see who's more of a complete player. 
uh, who doesn't turn the ball over as much. I love. I want to see Blake Griffin versus Serge Ibaka. That'll be really interesting. Who are they going to put on Kevin Durant? Is Matt Barnes going to be the guy that is going to be guarding Kevin Durant? And with his more lanky uh, makeup as as a human, uh, as opposed to Tony Allen, is Kevin Durant going to be able to exploit that a little bit more than he did with Tony Allen? And I think the answer is yes. I think that's pretty much an obvious yes. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the matchups throughout are going to be interesting. Is Kendrick Perkins going to be able to muscle up against DeAndre Jordan? Is DeAndre Jordan going to have 25 rebounds a game because he's by far the best jumper on the court? I mean, arguably Blake Griffin, but uh, rebounding-wise, DeAndre Jordan is a freak of nature w- with regards to jumping and being able to rebound. So, And, and then the benches, uh, the Clippers have the best bench in basketball, and, and I truly believe that. Uh, up top at, top to bottom, I truly believe that they are the best, most complete team in the NBA. But Oklahoma City has two of the top ten guys in the NBA and the MVP. So this is a star-studded thing, and I think this is going to go seven games. I mean, I don't see how it can't. How many games do you think this is going to go, and who do you think is going to win? This, uh, If it goes seven games, that's, a, that's icing on the cake. That's a treat for everybody that's been watching the first series of the uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, but the matchups are intriguing. Uh, Matt Barnes on Durant, that is very intriguing. Matt Barnes been in the league, and he's been in the league uh, long enough for all the right reasons. Uh, he ha- he is a journeyman. He travels, but when you get him, you get him to put put him on guys like Kevin Durant. So this is very interesting. And and the two point guards also, well, one point guard and one should be point guard. I like to see these matchups. I like to see this, and this is the game. This is reason one of the reasons why I'm watching this game. I did say because of the chippiness of it. These guys did get in a scuffle, but the matchups is just intriguing alone, and who's going to come out of it. So this is a game, um, and if it went second series, I wouldn't have a problem with that by far. Yeah. But I think uh, coming out of that series, uh, I kind of like the Clippers. I kind of like the Clippers. I know the, the lead MVP is there. But I kind of like the Clippers um, getting over their hump. I think they was mentally drained from the situations prior to their first uh, series, <clears throat> prior to this series. I think they come out with some new life, with a new attitude, and, and put all that nonsense behind them and play basketball and say, well, you know, you only one more game after that. I mean, one more series after that. Yeah, yeah. You can get past this series, you got one more series, and you can be playing for... The big, the big trophy. I'll tell you what. Uh, I think that they have a better chance of beating Oklahoma City than they would have uh, with Memphis. Because Memphis is more San Antonio-like, more slow the ball down, score in the 80s and 90s, and not run and gun. And they have a true center. They have a true power forward. They have things that that uh, that Oklahoma City does not have. Uh, Serge Ibaka is not a true power forward. He's a stretch four who likes to shoot, and his rebounding has gone down the drain uh, in, in pretty much this whole year. So well, he's trying to hit three points, man. He's trying to. Yeah, hit I know it's, he, he's he's turning into Chris Bosh, and he can't shoot. I mean, he can't shoot right. as well as Chris Bosh, obviously. I, I'm picking yeah. Oklahoma City because I pick the MVP. I, I pick Kevin Durant. Russell Westbrook will have a triple double every series, so you know he can win a game. Russell Westbrook can win a game for you. If he doesn't take that many shots, and if he if he stays in the, the game, I understand that. But Kevin Durant can kind of counteract that. I think it, I I just I I will pick Kevin Durant, especially if he's being guarded by Matt Barnes. Who who else are they going to put on him? They don't have any lockdown guys on that team. Karan, uh, no, Karan Butler's with Oklahoma City now. I, I don't think Not they have. 
I don't think they have anybody that can stop Kevin Durant. I just don't. Not that I would want to get rid of a West, uh, Russell Westbrook, but that team played a lot better when he was out on uh, injured, when he's been injured and been rehabbing and recovering from the, that uh, knee surgery. Not that I would want to get that guy. He's a superstar in his own right. He just don't have the mental capability outside looking in from my perspective that this is the – I do have the lead MVP on my team, the lead leading scorer on my team in Kevin Durant. I can, I can take a – I can be 1B instead of 1A. I can be that guy if it's going to get us to the ultimate goal because I had to, I had to think or know that this was our ultimate goal once we got here. This is why we went to training camp and did all these things and doing all these things uh, and got this far in the playoff and able to overcome a lot of adverse situations. But if he's able to do that, then, yeah, they, they, they win this series. I don't say they win this series because of Kevin Durant's MVP. I just think I just like with the Clippers, and, and a lot of things going to play with that, they had to fight through some adversity themselves that they had no control of. See, an injury is one thing. Um, Somebody else bringing that to you, a uh, situation to your organization or his organization, and, and forcing those guys to deal with it, that's a whole other adverse situation that they have to get over that hump. And I think this is why one of the reasons why I do like the Clippers. And, and, and that's fair. I, mean, I just don't – until the Clippers win anything, I, I, can't, I can't in my right mind pick them. And th- that's, another, that's another reason I just – I think with Kevin Durant and uh, on the side note that that Mr. Unreliable uh, heading in, uh, in the Oklahoma City paper is probably the best thing that could have happened to him because that made him look at himself from a bird's eye view and be like, yeah, you know what? I haven't been as reliable as I, as I usually am. And I kind of, I've kind of fallen in the depths of just shooting threes, shooting a lot, and, and he got back to his game. He was very efficient, 12 of 18 from the, from the field in Game 7. Didn't try to force the issue. Was 5 of 5 from 3. All of his numbers were down in this playoff series. Part of that had to do with Tony Allen. I understand that. But part of it, I think, was mental. And I think that when he saw, when he was questioned by Oklahoma City newspaper, I think that that got to him in, in, in a positive way. And I truly believe I that. I don't think so at all. I, I don't think so at all. I think that was an idiot reporter. Um, just looking at his playoff numbers, I think all you did was make Kevin Durant look closer to 2016, focus on that instead of what was at hand. If you're talking about somebody unreliable, all you got to do is look at the numbers of my, uh, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook go over 16, and he's supposed to be your, your Batman or your Robin. So it wasn't, you look at the numbers of Kevin Durant, and you cannot show me where there was some uh, unreliableness in his part. He was it, shooting it, under 50% from the field. He was shooting 43-44% from the field, 11 for 27, 0 for 8 yeah. from 3. He, I, he led the lead in scoring, so I don't think he can do that every night. So when he don't have the high numbers, it brings your average down. It brings the percentage down. No, when you don't shoot well, it brings your, it brings your average down. And he, the yeah, reason why... When, you hit, when you're hitting 40-something points a night, and all of a sudden you're hitting 30-something points a night, or 25 which we so spoiled by the numbers he put up. Yeah, it brings your numbers down. Obviously, the obvious thing, when you don't shoot well, it brings your numbers down. But when you lead in the leading score, I think he might have had 40, a couple of six games of 40-something points or more. If not more than six games, that takes your numbers to another level. 
when those numbers come down because you had 35 points and not 45 points or 25 points, it brings your numbers down. So you can make statistics, look and say how, whatever you want them to say. Depends on what story you want to write. But you're not looking across the board of his team and how these guys carried that team. And you're not looking at a, a, a Russell Westbrook and say, well, why don't this guy do this and why don't he do that? This team would be a lot better. Then we won't have to talk about how unreliable that Kevin Durant is because he wouldn't take that all on his shoulders. Yeah. I just wish Kevin Durant was more vocal. Okay, yeah, no, and, and so do I. And that's, and that's a completely different, like, I think, well, first of all, he wouldn't have been leading scorer in the NBA if Russell Westbrook didn't get hurt. He wouldn't be MVP of the league if Russell Westbrook didn't get hurt, in my opinion. Because all the focus was on him, and they won a lot of games. And that was great. He showed that he could lead a team by himself. That, scoring-wise, what, we, what you were talking about, it's not about the actual points that are scored. It's about how you get there. If you take 35 shots and score 25 points, that's not a good game. Going 12 for 18 to get 36, that's a good game. That means you're getting to the line. It means you're doing more than just jacking threes. He only took five threes, and he made them all. He got to the line. He's a 90% free throw shooter. We'll talk about that a little more on the other side of the break. Call me last sports talk. Call me the line. Alex in studio. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Final segment, 888-346-9144. Been talking NBA the whole show. We'll... we'll uh, Put a button on this, and then we'll we'll talk a little NBA draft for the rest of the show. Who are your Who are your final? Who, after all we've talked about, who are your finals picks? Who do you think will make it, and who do you think will win? Well, I thought you were going back to the statistics of uh, West, Westbrook and uh, Durant. I thought you were going back to that. I didn't want to talk about Russell Westbrook anymore. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the statistics because you can make them do whatever you want to do. Uh, but if you want me to get in the studio and we can talk about that, we can. Um, my final is still Miami and whomever else. Well, who do you think is going to come out of the West? I said Miami Heat and whomever else. I don't 
out of the West. Yeah. The West, so, uh, I don't know, because I like all those teams. The teams that are playing right now, I like them all. I like them all. I would like to see Portland Trailblazers take it to the next level. But then you got to go past, you got to get past the San Antonio team who's, who's always in this position, who know how to get to that next level. So I, I don't know. I, I like, um, I'm not interested in seeing uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and Miami Heat. I'm not interested in seeing that at all. Um, but I like Portland and what they do. I like those teams that, that can spread it out. I like those teams that can get it down low. I like the teams who, you know, no one gives them, you know, no one really gave them a shot. We thought they would lose to Houston in six games. Yeah, and people, I, don't see, I didn't see anybody giving them a shot. People forget like that. That team um, out of the West. If I really had to go on a limb, it would, and it, this is going on a limb, the Portland Trailblazers, just so they take it to the next level. Yeah, do you, but do you think that they'd even give Miami a shot? Do you think they'd even give Miami a run for their money? Oh, absolutely they will. Absolutely they will. They look at them. You look at that team, you look at the Miami Heat team. Well, where's the, the X Factor? We, you got to look find it. We got to find that X Factor because we know what LeBron's going to do, and who's going to guard LeBron? Nobody. Nobody's going to guard LeBron in any of these uh, playoff games. If he wants to hit 35 points, he will hit 35 points. But if you're talking about the best chance, I'd like to see. But here's where the problem comes. If an Oklahoma City Thunder end up in this, in this championship game, then I, won't. I would love to see Kevin Durant and LeBron match up like Kobe would do without even questioning. Kobe would say, I got him, and I got him for however long the series is. I like to see that. LeBron became that guy too. He said, "I got Durant. However long the season is, but I would like to see that matchup." But I think the Portland Trailblazers will get them a run for the money. You look across the board of what they've done and who they are and what they have. You could do the same thing in Miami. Yeah, it's just with seven game series, the parity's kind of taken out of it a little bit. The better team usually wins, and San Antonio is the better team. And it's, I wish games, I, I wish series would be five game series because it yields. Uh, a little bit more uh, surprise. It, it allows for uh, more inferior teams to win because you only have to win three games instead of four. It's always that fourth game. It's always that closeout game for teams that have, haven't been there before to win. This is the, That was the first playoff series that Portland had won in 14 years. And as a franchise, they've been kind of waning. And now now they're, they're, they're facing the beast right now. They're facing the team that has won four championships, that hasn't missed the playoffs in 17 years, that has the same core of guys they've had since Tim Duncan was drafted, or you know, a couple years after that, the three-headed monster Parker Ginobili, uh, uh, Tim Duncan. This is going to be a really, really tough, tough team for them to get past. Hey, think about this travel. Think about Miami and Portland. Think about that travel situation. Yeah, that's going to be far. Sorry, I'm at the golf course, so go ahead. <laughs> Are you putting right now? No, I'm about to play in a Leukemia uh, Lymphoma Society um, at uh, Whirlwind. Oh, good. Probably, probably a nice event. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm picking Miami and San Antonio. I know it's scratch, but I want to see a rematch from last year. I want to see San Antonio beat Miami. Like, I really do. I want to see San Antonio win another championship. Because I think they deserve it. I think they're one of the one of the last pure things in the NBA. 
And I know that that's not a very uh, popular choice because people that like basketball but don't know a lot about it or are people that just like the stars, then no, nobody likes San Antonio. What, there's no reason to like San Antonio. But if you watch Game 7, you saw that seventh gear that San Antonio turned on that nobody, everybody was questioning to see if they even had it left in them. And they just punished Dallas from the opening tip in a very big game, more for San Antonio than for Dallas, because if San Antonio lost that, that would have been the second time in four years that they would have lost a 1-8 matchup. Which is kind of polarizing with how good they've been. San Antonio, you say you want to see them, or they should win one more game. I think everybody who's, what I mean by that, everyone who's the Hall of Fame or is on the edge of the Hall of Fame, I think they are Hall of Famers. Uh, does that solidify anything for San Antonio? Uh, because should they get rewarded by playing in another one and possibly winning it because they are always in that situation. They play in such a small market, or I should say the media makes it a small market because they just don't cover them like the, the Miami Heat or the Los Angeles Lakers or the Clippers. They don't cover them to that extent. But when we talk about San Antonio Spurs, we always talk about something great. We're not talking about anything bad about them because that game, that team is consistent. And we talk about the Hall of Fame coach that they have. So I don't know if that next game or that them being there would it solidify anything, anybody who's already Hall of Fame. I think you got three guys right there arguably to be mentioned in that outside of the coach. Well, can't you say the same about LeBron? LeBron's going to be a Hall of Famer. Why does he need to win one more? Exactly. He will. I didn't say he needed to win one more. Well, I, I think that. Dude, if it, that, does that solidify anybody who's going to be there? LeBron's going to be a Hall of Fame because Paul Pierce hit the nail on the head. We're talking about LeBron, like we talk, and he's still playing probably with six more years left uh, at a high level, like we talk about some of the greats that ever played the game. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, and I think he needs to win at least two more to be t- to be talked about as a top five player ever. It's all about championships. That's that's really what it is, and that's why San Antonio, if they win one more, that puts them there with magic, and that's a different, that's a rarefied air. You know, and they could win. They have a chance to win every year, as long as Tim Duncan is still walking and still playing. And you say the same for Ginobili and Parker. They can win because they will get the supporting cast that they need. They will just recycle guys and keep guys. Danny Green has made a name for himself. He got cut by the Spurs three times. And Popovich gave him one last chance, and he broke the record for most three-pointers made in a final series last year. So they have a way of doing things that most franchises haven't, haven't figured out yet. So until any of that changes, until anything is, until the armor's taken off from the Spurs, they're always relevant. And uh, we got to get out of here. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We will see you guys tomorrow morning. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. <laughs>